murder lovers, my name is Mackenzie. <laughs> and Bettina's still laughing, but she's here. Welcome to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> That's it. That's what we're going with. Okay. Here we go, one more time. Everybody's feeling fine. Here, here we, we go, go now. now. Yes, yes, here we go. The sink has got the flow. I might auto-tune that as well. Oh my god, do it. It'll be like T-Pain. <laughs> Perfect. Can you get the boots with the fur in there too? Don't tempt me. <laughs> Welcome back. The story I am telling today is one that I think true crime people will, like, enthusiasts will be familiar with. And, of course, I say that and you're going to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But it's... That's not a bad thing. It's familiar in the fact that, like, this might be the single-handedly most badass survival story I've ever heard in my entire life. Ooh. Um, and equally horrifying. So, but... That makes the survival even better, then. It does, but it's awful. Okay. So, if it's nighttime and you're listening to this, this is not the one. This is the badass survival story of Mary Vincent. Any bells? No bells. Okay, great. Mary Vincent was 15 years old, and Whoa. she was hitchhiking to Los Angeles from Las Vegas on September 29th of 1978. Her parents were divorcing. Things were not great at home. She it's was the over 70s. It. Yeah, it's the <laughs> 70s. So she actually ran away, and her plan was to go stay with her uncle in Berkeley and then go to see her grandpa in L.A. But by the time she got to Berkeley, she decided she was homesick and she wanted to go home. Okay. So in the 70s, everybody was hitchhiking. She said on the highway she was on, everybody was, like, hitchhiking. They all had signs. Like, it was a thing back yeah. then. Yeah. And this is why we don't hitchhike anymore. Well, it's like You're the gonna... 70s Uber. We just have yeah. Uber now. People still hitchhike, but it's called Uber. Yeah, Uber's totally going to be, like, a, a true crime issue one day. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Oh, it already is an it issue. It probably is. They have, like, so many sexual assault complaints. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Uber, get your shit together. So she was a talented dancer. And the idea was that she was going to go to Los Angeles to dance. Like I said, she was trying to go and stay with her grandpa, but she got homesick and decided that she wanted to go home. So in Berkeley, she turned around and started hitchhiking back. She was on the highway with a sign saying that she was heading south. Um, there were two people on the same highway that were going in the same direction. So they were kind of like hanging out together. But they weren't together, but they were just going in the same general direction sure. and found themselves on the same stretch of highway. This is when a man named Lawrence Singleton pulled up in a blue van. <laughs> Sorry. You're laughing because it's a van. It's a van. It's a van. <laughs> you guys, if you've learned nothing from us, don't get in vans. With strangers. Oh, my gosh. It screams danger. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm bummed. Shameless plug. <laughs> So he pulled over and he offered to take her and said that he only had room for one person. <laughs> well, his van was empty. <laughs> and the people that she was with, the other two hitchhikers, told Mary not to go with him. They said it was really odd that he had a van. It was empty and said that he didn't have room for people. And they're like, girl, 
Yeah, right? It's really odd that he's just willing to take a single female and not all three of us. Like, that's weird. Don't get in the van. But she said that she was super homesick and she just wanted to get home. And <sighs> she thought that he looked, you know, unassuming. He was just like some old man. Didn't really think anything of it. Gross. So she gets in the van and they start heading south on I-5, Interstate 5. For those of us who aren't local, Interstate 5 runs all the way down the Pacific Northwest. So we get it running through here. So they start heading south and she settles in and she falls asleep. Okay. When she wakes up, she realizes that they're going in the opposite direction. Oh, shit. <laughs> and she confronts him. Oh, like good. she grabs some some stick thing in the van and like holds it at him and is like, you turn this van around. I'm not playing games with you. Like she gets real aggressive. And he apologizes, says it's an honest mistake, and he turns the van around and starts How heading the in the correct direction. What? Yeah. Okay. Honest mistake? That's what he says. My ass. Yeah. I don't think so. A couple miles up the road, he pulls over and states that he has to go to the bathroom, so he gets out of the van. It's at this moment that she realizes that she's in trouble, and she looks down and sees that her shoe is untied. And she has the conscious thought of, my shoe is untied, I'm in trouble, I need to tie my shoes because there's a very good chance that I'm going to need to outrun him. And I can out, or I can outrun this guy, but I need to make sure my shoes are tied so I can get away. Yeah, okay. So she gets out of the van, bends over to tie her shoe, and as she's bent over, he knocks her out with a sledgehammer to the back of the head. Whoa! A sledgehammer? A sledgehammer. You imagine the headache from that? Holy shit! So... When she wakes up, obviously it knocked her out. She wakes up and she finds that she is tied up in the van and she is completely naked. <gasps> and he begins to brutally rape and sodomize her. No. She estimates that this happens a total of about six times throughout <gasps> the night. And into the morning. And during this time, she says that she asks him why he's doing it and he never answers. And she said that she then began to beg him to set her free and let her go. So she was just like, please sure. set me free, please set me free, please let me go. And she said that by the time morning had arrived, that she just wanted to die. She said that she remembers oh, just like it no. being the worst thing ever, obviously. And just, you know, when he fell asleep, she remembers being like, I just want to die. Because then Poor he would, it, she, there was no way for her to get away because she's tied up. He'd fall asleep and then he'd wake up and attack her again. Oh, Jesus. He does this throughout the night, rapes her into the morning, and then pulls her. Once the sunlight comes up, he pulls her out of the van, naked and bleeding. And he says to her, you want to be set free? I'll set you free. And at that time, he pulls a hatchet from his toolbox. He grabs her left arm, and he begins to swing <gasps> at her. And she says what? that he hits her once, and he hits her twice. And she says that she grabbed a hold of his arm to steady herself, and then was surprised that despite her grabbing a hold of his arm, she continued to fall. And she didn't realize why she was oh falling my God. until she looked down and realized that the arm that she had grabbed a hold of him with was gone. And he had severed her arm right below the elbow. What the 
Fuck. And she said she felt everything. She, like, there was no, nothing kicked in to block the pain. She felt everything. So she could feel, like, the heat of the blood. She could feel the pain. She could feel all the nerves. Like, she could feel all of it. Jesus. Right. But that wasn't enough. So he, as she's struggling to get up, he takes her by the right arm and she begins to fight him, kicking and screaming and telling him to stop and hoping that if she screamed loud enough that somebody would hear her and come rescue her. But then he begins to chop at her right arm. Oh my God. And she said this time it took much longer because of her fighting and her trying to like kick him away. So he had to hit her multiple times with this hatchet. And then she said that he, she obviously, like, couldn't get up. She's fighting and everything. She says she looks up at him as he's walking away, and he's flicking his arm like you would if you, like, had tape stuck to you or something, like flicking it to get the tape off. And she realizes that he's flicking his arm because her hand is still (gasps) holding on to him, and he's trying to shake off her hand. That he's flicking off her arm that he has just severed off. What? So her hand was gripped on her gripped hand was him. gripped on him. Yeah. Oh my god, I am shaking. So what the fuck? <laughs> she says at this point she she says she thinks that he is under the impression that she's dead. She's not moving. She doesn't have her eyes open. Oh my she's god. She's just kind of like given up and like feeling the pain at this point. Um, and obviously losing a lot of blood. So he then begins to drag Mary over to the edge of the cliff, and he throws her off of a 30-foot cliff. Whoa. Breaking four of her ribs in the process. What? Right. That, that's like two, three stories? You're asking the wrong person for that kind of thing. I have no idea how long that, or I how, think that's like two yeah. stories high. I mean, it's a, it's a hefty fall. Yeah. So he throws her off the cliff, it breaks her ribs, and then she lays at the bottom of this cliff... And she says that, obviously, she's fallen into shock due to blood loss, and Singleton drives off, thinking she's dead. Obviously. Leaves her there. Leaves her there. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think that he was going to wrap her up in the back of the van and take her somewhere? I have have no idea, actually, but just, I mean, leaves her there for dead, I mean. I wonder what he did with her arms. Just leave them there, too, maybe? He'd probably throw them over the side of the cliff, too. Oh. She says that at this point, because she was suffering the blood loss and fallen into shock, she said that she really wanted to go to sleep, that she felt cold, she felt tired, all the signs of shock and, like, dying. But she says she realized that if she died, that Singleton would do this to someone else, and she had to stop him. Whoa. Because she said she didn't want any other girl to have to go through what she went through. She's 15, you guys. 15 years old. She just had both her arms chopped off. She's down the bottom of a cliff. And all she's thinking is, I have to save someone else from this. It's crazy. Wow. And I, so I forgot to mention this, but I had sources from Morbidology, Wikipedia, but then she also did an episode of I Survived. So spoiler alert, like I said at the beginning, this is a survival tale of Mary Vincent. So she's telling this whole story on the episode of I Survived. So when I say Mary said, it's because I watched her tell this story. Um, But yeah, she recounts all these things that she went through and the thoughts that she had. So she said at that point, she got up and packed her arms by digging her arms, what was left of them, in the dirt. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. To pack them with mud. How did she know to do that? To stop the bleeding. I don't know. She's Wow. Uh, I'm not going to second guess her willpower at this point. Absolutely she's a, not. That's she's just a savage. Survival kicking in. Yeah. So, like, downside is obviously infection, but she knows that, like, the immediate issue is blood loss. Right. So she packs her arms with the dirt to, like, make, like, a mud-type thing with the blood sure. and everything. And it packs them so they slows the bleeding. And then she crawls up the 30-foot cliff. Excuse me? With no hands. And it takes her all day long. It's not... So remember, he did this in the morning, right? Yeah. She does not get to the top of that cliff until nighttime. She says it's dark by the time she gets up there. Because she's doing all of this with no hands. And she crawls up that cliff to the very top. That is incredible. It's amazing. So... By nighttime, she'd made it to the top of the cliff, and that's when she heard traffic from far away. But she knew that it was nearby. She could hear the traffic. And she began walking, and she walked until daylight. Um, They said that she walked approximately three miles. It really should not have taken all night, but we don't know at what point she got to the top of the cliff during the nighttime. And remember, like, we're suffering extreme blood loss, extreme fatigue. She's not moving at a quick pace. And so, but the fact that she walked another three miles on top. Okay, sorry, I'll let you go. She's a hero, but so after three miles, she eventually stumbles across a convertible. Two guys are driving in the convertible, and she says, "Like they took off." I totally get it. She's like, "I look like I was straight out of a horror movie. I'm naked, covered in blood. I forgot she was naked." And she's holding her what's left of her arms up in the air to prevent future blood loss. So it's literally just like this naked body covered in dirt and mud with her arms sticking straight up in the air, missing part of her limbs. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? No. I don't. She she was like, I don't blame them. Me? That's terrifying. I'd pull over up ahead. I... I mean, I, I... And try to help. Well, and Kara remember, this would is like, continue driving. Well, Kara 100% would. <laughs> but, like, remember, this is in the time of no cell phone. So it's not like you have the option to, like, pull over and call and 911. call for her. No. At that point, your only option is, like, either you're in it or you're not. I can't imagine driving by her. No. And, and your headlights catching a glimpse of naked, bloody, dirty gore. Missing arms. And can you imagine what she, like, besides all that, imagine what she looked like. Like, I mean, what her face looked like, what her hair looked sure, like, everything dirt, like that. Sweat, like, tears. Holy smoke. She was just probably a mess. So. That's really big of her to not resent. Be angry. Any, right. Be yeah. angry towards the people that but passed her. But she said her. she totally, like, she's like, I get it. No, she, and they wow, look terrified. No shit. So at that point, she decided to start walking in the middle of the road. Hey, because not gonna someone's going to stop. Yeah. So she said, unfortunately, the people that stopped were a couple that were on their way to their honeymoon and they'd gotten no. lost. They'd gotten lost. They were trying to go to their honeymoon. They'd literally just gotten married. And here comes Mary <laughs> walking up the middle of the road. She said they pulled over and helped her into the back of their truck. Oh, and they then did. she said that they raced off to the hospital so fast. She said the wheels, like, she heard them burn out and everything like that. 
Um, they ended up actually pulling off at one point to a phone to call paramedics, and they just dispatched life flight to them, so they didn't even need to continue to make it to the hospital. Ooh, like those call boxes on the side of the road? Yeah, I'm assuming. Because that used like to be that. a thing. Or a payphone or something. Yeah. I don't know. So they found a phone, called paramedics, dispatched life flight. Wow. And she is airlifted. How do you explain that to the 911 operator? How do you? Hi, I found a girl walking down the middle of the road no and she's legs. missing her arms. Yeah. That would be my response. Help. Holy shit. So they airlift her to the hospital Holy and by the moly. time she gets there, they are, or she's told that she has lost half of her blood supply and what's left of the blood in her body has become toxic <gasps> because of all the infection. Yeah. She should be dead. But she's like, you know, will to live. Like, all the odds were against me. None of what had happened that day and night. Like, I should have died. Obviously. I don't have the blood supply to do what I was doing and somehow right. still doing it. And she was meant to live. Yeah. Yeah. After undergoing emergency surgery and everything like that, when she finally wakes up, she gives a description for a composite sketch. And her description is so accurate that a neighbor recognizes Lawrence You're Singleton kidding. and calls police. Ten days after the attack, the police take Singleton into custody. Wow. That is incredible. It is, but my story is not done. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I'm really surprised and glad that she had a good memory. I am, too. But how else would they have caught this random person? Okay. So Singleton is convicted of rape and attempted murder, and he is sentenced to 14 years. Now, before you comment... Sorry, let me ASMR my blinking, because I'm just... I can't... What? Yeah. He's sentenced to 14 years. N not life? No. Or death? No. Okay. During the trial, Mary testified, and as she walked past him on her way out, he said to her, it says, if it's the last thing I do, I'll finish the job. Oh! <gasps> And he still got 14 years. What? And the judge at the time, because of the way the laws, like there, there had been obviously the 70s in California. Go back to my episode about the freaking dating game killer. And sure. Yeah. You'll know but, exactly what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, but because of, like, law reform and everything that had happened, basically, like, the judge said at the time, like, if I could give you life, I would. My hands are tied because this is the maximum I can give you. Like, this is all I can do. And this is just, like, how how sentencing had worked during this time period. Like, this was all that was allowed. Was I am, and I don't know if you have this in your notes, but was he not tried for murder? Yeah. Or attempted murder? Yeah. Was it just like assault or Rape something? Rape and lesser? attempted murder. 14 years. Yeah. Are you ready for this part? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> despite a psychiatrist deeming him a threat to others, and despite the fact that Singleton had written letters to Mary's lawyers threatening her during his time in prison. He did not. He did. He gets out after serving eight years <gasps> and four months. For good behavior. All right, I'm done. We're going home. For good behavior? For good behavior. Despite doing all of these things and the psychiatrist saying that he still, like, 
His temper was an issue. His anger is an issue. This guy is going to be a threat. This is not good. They still released him. So Mary falls into a deep depression. Obviously. Understandably. Um, not only is she, like, living in fear because he's promised her that he's going to finish the job and she's worried about, like, her safety. Sure. But remember I said that she was a really talented dancer? Well, she can't dance anymore. Right. Um, she has a hard time finding a job, obviously, because of now her new disability. disability. Yeah. Um, um, and the jobs she does find don't really provide the medical care she needs for proper prosthetics. And she eventually has to file for bankruptcy. Just, like, life is not good for Mary. So everything's kind of falling apart around her. And then he gets out. And she's in her probably mid-20s at this point. Yeah, so 15 plus 8. 23, 24-ish. Trial, whatever. She does eventually meet somebody. They have two sons together. Um, and she says that because she's not able to dance, she starts to find other things to put her interest into, and she be, she starts drawing. Oh. And she said that when she first started drawing, she couldn't even draw a straight line, even with a ruler. Wow. And now she's actually a, an incredible artist, and she said that it oh, was cool. through artwork that she actually gained back her self-esteem. Oh, good. That she felt like she, like, had some type of outlet or something like that. Yeah, something to look forward to. Right. So, in the meantime, um, Singleton, when he was released, he was released back to California. Well, the citizens of California weren't having that. So, (laughs) they rallied. Really? Yeah, people protested. They harassed him nonstop. The guardian angels showed up and did what they do. Wow. Everybody kind of rallied. I can imagine. I mean, even now, years later, I'm thinking, what the fuck is California thinking? Yeah. So they picketed. Um, He, at one point, even had to be removed from one apartment in a bulletproof vest because there were people outside that were threatening him. Oh, so Um, after he got released. Yeah, this is after he got released. Wow. So... He ended up having to move to Florida because his, like, life was in serious <laughs> jeopardy, thank God. Um, and, yeah, like, pe- the people, like, they came together for this one. So he moves to Florida, and a couple years go by. And then one day, a painter that is in the neighborhood where he lives in Florida calls 911, and he says that he is watching... As a naked man in front of a window is beating a woman bloody on the couch. What? Yeah. He says that he can see through the window in the house and he can see that this is happening. Like, the guy keeps repeatedly raising his arms and, like, attacking some woman who is slouched over the couch and covered in blood. Both of them. So, the uh, man on the phone also said that he could hear bones breaking. Whoa. And that the woman appeared to be unresponsive. So the police responded, and Lawrence Singleton answers the door, covered in blood. What? Good old Larry. That's what I'm calling him. Yeah. The woman was a 31-year-old sex worker and mother of three. Her name was Roxanne Hayes. He had paid her $20 for sex. And once at the house, he had stabbed her multiple times with a boning knife until she died. Because, because, what? see, why did he cut off why? Mary's ah. arms? Yeah, I don't, I don't have answers for so you. So it wasn't anything like, uh, no. she tried to run away with the money or whatever, whatever. 20 bucks? No, well, yeah. No, but. Um, wow. 
and with just open the door and just here I am. Okay. Hi guys. Wow. Yeah. Larry. So Mary said that when she heard about this, she said that she was under no obligation to testify, but she knew that she had to. Oh. So she flew to Tampa to testify at his trial and told him, the jury everything that that man had done to her. Jesus. Yep. Can she get any more badass? I mean, no. Like, absolutely not. Like, what What awards can we give? That's badassery? The Badassery Award. <laughs> badassery Award. And this time, he did receive the death sentence. Oh, good. we're in Florida yeah, now. Yeah, Florida. So he receives the death sentence um, for murder. And unfortunately, uh, Singleton died on death row from cancer in 2001. Oh, no. Oh. But I say unfortunately because Mary was bothered by this because she felt like she didn't really get the justice that she had wanted. Yeah. She said that she wanted to look him in the eye and understand why and why he did it and everything. She really never got that opportunity. And I don't know even if she had that he would have given her what she needed. Right. It doesn't sound like it. But Mary is now, of, like I said, mom of two kids. When she did this story, she talked about how important her art had become to her. And, you know, she does, at one point, after you realize what's happened with her arm, she goes to wipe her tears and you can see, like, the prosthetics. And she had those in court when she testified. So, like, the visual is, it's there. It's impactful, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. But that is the incredible survival story of Mary Vincent. Incredible indeed. Yeah. Holy moly. There's just, there has never been a story that I have heard that, I mean, in the last couple years that have stuck with me quite like that one. Because it's just, it goes against all odds. It's so unbelievable. Like, again, this girl is 15 years old. She survived all day and all night like that. Did the unbelievable, like, I couldn't climb up a 30-foot cliff right now in, like, as is. Right. Let alone missing two arms. And just like, it's, yeah, I don't. Wow. You guys. I had not heard this. Yeah, it's crazy. I am completely, I, I don't even know what to say. She is, com- like, badass doesn't even do it justice. Yeah. There's like, there's literally nothing. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe. How is she? Exactly how I feel about her. Mary. I think she should get the Medal of Freedom Award. The tenacity, just to I just sub- the resilience, all the ten dollar words. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, seriously. If it's single handedly one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just really glad she survived. Yeah. Through all that. Yeah. There's nothing cool about it except what she did. Yeah. And the fact that, like, unfortunately, she, like, the system failed back in the 70s because of the direction they were going in. And like she said, I I did this because I knew that this would happen to somebody else and I didn't want it to happen to anybody else. Unfortunately, somebody else died because they let him out. But then for her to be able to testify at that last trial and be like, yeah, if you told me that you're going to finish the job, well, I'm finishing this one. How many times do we have to, how many times, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but 
and all, like you said, I don't know if it was just a culture thing in the 70s or just the way the processes were yeah. to let people out back into society that just rehabilitation are and reform. Clearly, clearly not safe to be out with people well, and, and I think peopling. That's the problem when you dig in your heels when rehabilitation and criminal reform are the only options because then you're stuck with having to prove that it worked. And unfortunately, when, like, you back yourself into a corner like that and you're having to prove a point, other people are going to suffer. So, like, I think part of this is, like, them trying to, like, make a point of, like, no, this is this is going to work. Like, we're doing all this and look at how successful it is. And then we find out, you know, however many, five years later or whatever, right. you know, like, all all these people that should should not have been released you had to make an example of and it came back and bit you and maybe we are a little close to it where we are obviously um the we see all the bad crime, we see yeah. all the bad and i'm sure there is people that uh, are cleared to be back into society well, that's why I and said, never like, reoffend. that's the problem with going with a system that is only focused yes. on rehabilitation and reform yeah. like you you, ha- you have to be able to see both both aspects of it like some people cannot be rehabilitated don't at me i said what i said (laughs) cool what a cool story yeah it's that's why i said it's as horrifying as it is amazing yeah um she's my hero sorry how many other ways can i say i love this (laughs) i yeah i mean that's the thing is like it's so it's so awful that it's hard for your brain to process and at the same time it's so amazing what she did that it's also hard for your brain to process yeah like the entire story like everything that that took is just i've seen myself in in some situations where you know you think i would do this in this type of situation or you know i would react this way i would do this and then your body just panics and does something else or doesn't do anything or freezes or yeah you don't think about at 15 years old if that had been at me 15 yeah i would have been nope sorry Sorry. Yeah, lights out at that point. Mm-mm. Bottom of a ditch. Arms missing. Jesus take the wheel. But she didn't. No. Wow. I kind of want to see her paintings. Or does she draw or paint? Uh, she draws. Okay. Come on to me. How is she not doing like motivational, inspirational speeches? Give us a I'm TED not saying, Talk. I don't know if she is or not. Well, I need a TED Talk <laughs> about survival. Thanks for the story. Yeah. So I'm going to mark that one off. Yeah, I've wanted to tell that one for a while, but it is, uh, it's a lot for the brain to absorb. So I had to be in just the right place to be able to do it. Hard cut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a good transition. Tell us how amazing you guys think Mary Vincent is. Uh, you can go over and do that. I will post pictures of her obviously and everything like that over on our instagram and you can find that over at a stranger danger podcast you can email us at a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook at stranger danger colon a true crime podcast and you can find us follow us on twitter at sd true crime pod okay long live mary bye-bye bye, bye. <laughs>